And there went great multitudes with him. And he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he, he cannot be my, my disciple. Now watch. He said, for which of you, intending to build a tower, seated not down first, and counted the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Less happily after he had laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that behold it begin to, to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king, going to make war against another king, sitteth not down first, and consulted whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is yet a great way off, he sendeth an ambassage and desired conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever he be of you, that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be. Father, thank you. May your words speak to us. Lord, help us to win. We're in a place in our destiny that we must win this fight to enter into everything you have in store for us. We celebrate the victory of faith, the power of faith, the grace upon your word to help us become who you've called us to be. We thank you for answering me, giving me utterance and the grace to teach and to prophesy. In Jesus' name we declare it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. As I mentioned last Sunday, and I will share briefly again this morning, discipleship is what is missing in the current Christendom. <clears throat> because, as I said during the exhortation at the end of worship, man is a chronic worshiper. You can meet somebody on the street, they know nothing about God. But they will start telling you about God. And that's why Satan has been able to skew man into worshiping idols. Amen. All kinds of creatures being worshipped. Because man has to worship. And what Satan has done in Christendom is he couldn't stop you from getting saved. But he has made sure that since you've been saved, that you can never get over yourself. That even though you worship God and all of that, but when things come to you, you just can't say no to yourself. You cannot submit to the will of God against your own. So you discover that you are really following you. 
You don't follow anything. You join a church, you won't submit to the leadership. You won't submit to anything being taught. Everything, you have a reserve. So you're not a disciple of anything or anyone. That's Satan's game. Why is he doing that? So he can keep that blindness there. So God's face is not clear. So you're not able to commune with the throne of God and get up as a son of God with strength, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. So that, as I keep saying it, when life shoves you and things are tough, that God will cause a resurrection power to rise up within your spirit. And you're able to ward off devils that are arrayed against you. Because the warfare raging against your soul is universal. And when you win it, you enter into eternal life while you are still alive. Amen. You don't have to wait to die to enter into eternal life. Amen. You can operate in the Zoe life of God now. Glory to God. But for that to happen, you have to learn something. You have to follow something. You see? And this text is so profound. You see, last week I talked about him saying you have to hate all these things. And if you look at the culture we live in, the things he's telling you to hate are the things that even in Christ we are holding up over him. One of the biggest shocks of my life is that I, was, I started telling people what the Bible said. And they're telling me, well, no, no that's my family. I said, oh, so when it comes, gets to the Bible, we exempt your family. I said, well, what Christianity is this? You say you have to hate these things. He said, you cannot be my disciple. And as I go deeper in this message, I have so many stories to tell you. Because if you haven't followed God, and you get to a point, and you are stuck. And this thing is requiring everything you have and more. And you look at this thing and say, if I don't pass this test, I'm not going to make it. You know you haven't started yet. That God hasn't confronted you where God comes and then asks you for something that Why would he ask that? It's like coming to Abraham and asking for Isaac. You waited 25 years to have this son. And now, some say he's 13, some say he's 17. And God says, now, I want you to kill him for me. That's when you want to change God. He says, you cannot, you cannot be my disciple. I just want to make this brief this morning. Now watch. I will keep going forward and going backwards through the series. Now watch. He says, which of you, you're, you're purposing to build a house. He said, and you don't sit down and count how much it will take for you to, to finish. Now watch. He says, now, if you don't do that, he says, you're going to get to a point where you will quit. Now, watch what will happen. He says, 
and people will start marking you. And that's one of the things that wound all of us the most. When people start running their mouth about you not making your grade. <laughs> and, and people say, well, I just don't like mess. Well, who created it? You see, he says, if you don't sit down, listen carefully, and count the cost, whether you have what it takes to finish this thing, you're going to end up not finishing it, and people are going to start mocking you, saying, this man started this construction, but he couldn't finish it. And we get so wounded. We get so deeply hurt. Yeah, you might be very quiet, but I know I'm telling you the truth. It hurts. But do you know he's not talking about your physical address? You are building a house inside of you. Paul says there's a construction going on inside of us, and then when we put off this physical body, then we will see what we have built on the other side. He said now, we are praying and fighting so that when we put off this earthly tabernacle, we will not be found naked on the other side. So Satan will continue to war against you and I to cause you to quit at some point and feel like this is too much. This is unfair. I just can't do this. Because this is the entrance into the supernatural life. And that's why believers live and die and never cross into the realm of glory. Because you get there and the thing is just too hard. You feel that this is unfair. And then you back away from it. This morning he gave me a message called the voices of the remnant. You see, because I love what Joyce Meyer said. She said that the way she's seen it and the way Christianity is, he says it's only few of us that have come out of the wilderness. That most of God's people live and die in the wilderness. Because of this one thing. He didn't say you don't want to be a disciple. He said, but you can't. Because you haven't taken time to study what it requires. Most of us got saved so we don't go to hell. But they didn't tell you that you will still end up in hell. If after you got saved, you don't turn over your life to him to control. And you know that most of the church in America are their own man. They're not following anything or anyone. I told you that this culture is anti-Christ. And democracy adds to it because you can vote in your leaders and vote them out. But under God, you don't choose your leader. God chooses him, and you can vote him out. And he rules for life. See how many of you said amen. <laughs> but it wouldn't change anything. Well, you should have seen what happened the first Sunday, 20 years ago, almost 20 years ago, when we started this journey. 
and I discovered that the church, it, it was Father's Day, and the church was filled with depression. You remember? Church was so heavy. I didn't know what it was because I grew up with a father, strong father. I didn't know that most of the church either didn't know their father or were so embittered. And that morning before I came to church, I read a, a hallmark story. They said that they took a tractor trailer load of a Mother's Day cards to the jail and offered the prisoners to send cards to their mom. And all the cards were used. So there was, the company was so excited, and the company decided then to send another tractor trailer load on Father's Day. And nobody came to get any cards. So <clears throat> I told that story that morning. I didn't know that I had enlivened all the devils. <laughs> that people in church were worshiping God, but were filled with such bitterness. Whatever their mama fed them against their daddy, or whether their own experiences bore witness to it, all these things. Hey. And it was like these were devils in God's house. Because you are God's house. Stop thinking about a physical building. He said, You are the temple. Hallelujah. You see? And I was in shock when I, I saw the reaction of the people. When I was telling them, I said, your father, even though he's under the bridge on drugs, but he's still carrying the blessing. That if you go there and find him under that bridge and ask him for forgiveness, he can say a prayer and God will honor it. I thought they were going to shoot me that Sunday. <laughs> Lord. I said, because these are spiritual laws that when Satan saw, he thought that all the blessing that God has fed him with, that now he can go against God. He don't know that God was just much more than anything he has done. And that he was so summarily defeated by angels, not even the Father, not the Son, not the Holy Spirit. None of them were involved in the fight. He said the angels on God's side went against Satan. And the angels he seduced. And they were cast down. When they were thrown down, Satan said, all right, I know how to get back at you. I'm going to go mess with the man that you love. I'm going to skew him away from you. I'm going to fight him, torment him, frustrate him, do everything to cause him to judge you because of me. So that's what Satan does. He attacks you and then has you blame God. He'll be accusing God to you. That's why I'm telling you, you haven't begun in this journey to win the fight that's to come, even on this earth. If you haven't confronted things, and things have hurt you, and things are so difficult. And, and, and you grit your teeth and said, but Lord, I will still serve you. Watch. I have no other alternative. The Bible says in John chapter 5 that Jesus, 
started telling the people, he said, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And all of a sudden, multitudes said, well, who can handle this kind of preaching? How are we going to eat his flesh? How are we going to drink his blood? He said that thousands went away, at least 5,000 people. You preach one sermon, you lose your congregation. It hasn't changed. It's still here in America. That's why I'm not running into thousands. I told you that a young man came after he blessed me financially. He came to talk to me in my office. And I started telling him about what's going on in his life. He said, well, why are you talking about these things? I said, well, that's what the Lord is saying concerning you. He said, well, if you preach like this, you'll never have a mega church. I said, well, I didn't know that that's why I entered the ministry. I entered the ministry, even if it's 300 that I, I was given, and I present 300. Hallelujah. I will get a crown. Hallelujah. I said, y'all can continue to do American religion in the name of Christianity. But you're going to be shocked when the Lord says, now, I don't know you. I don't know you. I don't know who you're talking about. You didn't conceive by me. What you became didn't come from me. Brother Bobby has told me this story so many times. He said that Jimmy Swaggart said that he knew when the Lord had taken his hands off of his ministry, but the money was still flowing. He was still shipping loads of food overseas, but God kept saying, stop it. Stop it. But because the money was going, he kept going. It was like this one was a huge snake, and I came and swallowed it. So he was killed before his issue became public. And I asked God, why would you snatch Jimmy Swaggart down? Because even after his programs fell in America, in Russia, and all those nations, they were still asking for Jimmy Swagger. I said, why would you do that? He said to me, there's nothing you're doing for me that will cause me to love that thing you're doing for me more than you. I value you more than anything you're doing for me. I would rather lose you and your ministry and save your soul. Hey, hallelujah. So, so when I tell you he loves you, you better know what I'm talking about. He will never forfeit you. That's why I say celebrate conviction. Those of us that have such a hard time, any little thing, God is on your case. And he's celebrated. That is a proof that he loves you. But when he allows you to carry on, no chastisement, no correction, no nothing, then you need to worry. It means that your name is no longer in that book. He said, chastise those that I love. Chastise those that I love. He says, you cannot be my disciple except you cross this bridge. And I'm telling you, beloved, I've come to so many things on this journey. All the glory that's flowing now and the blessings and, and the miracles and all the promises God is making, they, you know, they were there. It's like all God promised Abraham, he thought, like you and I, that he would just walk in. He didn't know that he would be waiting 25 years for Isaac and then getting him and then he'll come and ask for it and will not stop him until he actually raised the knife. I mean, how many of you could have done it? 
I've asked you ladies, if you were Sarah, if you found out about that, wouldn't you quit Abraham, quit God, quit everybody? And tell you all to take a hike. Which God is this? Why does he want my son? I will tell you stories in this series. The points have come to in my life, and it was so tough, so tough. But I knew that if I don't pass this, that will be my end. Paul wrote to the people, he says now, death worketh in us, but life in you. So when a man is preaching to you and you're getting blessed, you better know you're feeding from his pain. You're feeding from his own death. That's what's giving your life. If the man stops dying, <laughs> then you start dying. Because the way we live in this kingdom is you die and then you live. You quit dying, everything's. Everything just fizzles out. Watch. You should ask yourself, am I a disciple of Jesus Christ? Because a disciple has to be taught something. If you knew it, then he will not send you to be taught. And after you are taught and you carry it as head knowledge, then it's of no use. You actually have to use it. And this resurrection grace operates through death and life. Isn't that what resurrection is? You die and then you are resurrected. So there's no way you can be a resurrection agent and expect that you will continue to come hearing the word of resurrection, experiencing the glory, and enjoying the worship, and that you will not be routed to some tough things to cause what stole from you all these years to come to the top. God has to route you to that thing again so that you can finally take the grace from this altar and go to war against that thing. And then when you finally win it, hallelujah, you find yourself in a new reign and a new place, hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Anybody preaching to you that hasn't suffered anything, hasn't gone through pain and frustration and served God anyway, that's an accident going somewhere to happen. You can't sustain it. At some point, it will fall apart. It will fall apart. There are just some things, you know, we have to understand. Because if you acted the way you felt, you would destroy everything. You would destroy everything. These things come in all shapes and sizes. You should ask the Lord, help me to be a disciple. Help me to run my race and finish strong and finish in victory. Help me to overcome myself and defeat the enemy within that's raging against me. Help me, O oh Lord, increase my faith. Increase, increase, increase. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Come on, pray to him.
Beloved, it's amazing that Jesus commanded us to go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't tell us to get the people born again. He didn't tell us to go for church membership. He says, teach people how to follow Christ so they are a discipled after someone. <clears throat> so that's the battle we've had in church. I know a particular denomination, they said the doors of the church are open. The guy walks down, they give him the right hand of fellowship, <clears throat> he's not saved, and they go baptize him in water. So there's no discipleship in truth. A disciple is one that follows. You're going after someone. You're modeling after them. So the power of the kingdom will be revealed in all of our lives. Discipleship is based on proven, tried, and true principles of the word of God that are eternal, a kingdom that cannot be moved. And when you go crosswise it, you have to make quick corrections to show that you're a disciple. You don't go off track and stay off track. Then now you start following something, mostly yourself. But you come back. It's like a steering on the car. You use it to stay on the road. You use it to guide the car to your destination. Remember? The car has the chassis, the engine, the wheels, the transmission, and all that gizmo. But without the steering, it becomes a dangerous tool. It can lead to terrible accidents. And you can see many people have died not managing that force correctly. Discipleship is tuning into these tried and true principles to help us stay on track so we don't make shipwreck. Amen. <clears throat> so, if you are searching for it, the number is 770-994-3777. You will be blessed when prayer of agreement is offered by faith. The anointing of the Holy Spirit falls on you. The light of God's glory opens up to you in Jesus' name. If you have suffered loss, if there's a legal issue, where you experience a setback, don't despair. Thank God and believe him for greater. Don't start looking back. Believe God for greater. That's your word. The next step will be greater. Whatever you suffer, God will restore double. Hallelujah. Go forward. Don't look back in Jesus' name. And one of those ways to go forward is to put a seed in the ground, when I do like this, it means the information to sow your seed is on your screen on the, on the bottom third. I think that's what they call it in the technical term. It's right there on your screen. But it will activate your faith. It will activate the power of the kingdom of God in your life. Remember, <clears throat> this program is here every morning, 8.30 to 9 a.m. on this channel 57 and Monday through Friday every week. Tell a friend about the voice of resurrection. Let them experience what the word of God is saying. Or as we say in our past, thundering. <laughs> Amen. God bless you. 
Receive grace in Jesus' name. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We're coming, we're coming.